everyone, and welcome to, welcome back to Jeff's Bible Trek. Today we begin season three of our podcast. I would have gotten to this sooner, but I've been dealing with some health issues during fourth quarter 2023. But we are back. Yes, we are so very back. So let's get right into it. Now, I always look for topics that will enhance people's Christian lives. And what could be more pertinent than the topic of prayer? Now, when it comes to prayer, I had a hard time settling on a title for this season. I thought of prevailing prayer. Yeah, that's interesting. Prayer that makes a difference. Close. Prayer that heals the sick. Well, that's kind of narrow. Prayer that breaks bondages off of people. Again, uh, kind of narrow. Prayer that does anything you want. (laughs) Well, um, maybe. How about this? How bad do you want it? Or how desperate are you? Well, I settled on, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I settled on prayer that matters. That's right. Prayer that matters. Now, I have a long list of message and teaching topics that I have spent years gathering, and many of them are of interest to me. And they often come from, one, wanting to go deeper into what the Scripture says on a topic, or two, they come from asking the question, why? But rather than just teaching something interesting or interesting to me, I wanted to teach on something that would make a difference in people's Christianity. And the more I thought about it, the more I began to focus on prayer. I mean, what could make a difference in our lives more than to pray and have what we ask for actually happen? To pray over a sick person and have them get healed. To pray with a person seeking God's will and receive a word of knowledge or wisdom for them. To be at a turning point in your life, pray for breakthrough, and watch it happen before your very eyes. Well, this season is is more, actually, than just teaching on prayer, or a teaching on prayer. It is a call to action, to energize and draw the people of God to go deeper, longer, and wider in prayer than they ever have. My goal in teaching this series is that prayer would become a way of life, that we would learn the art of waiting on the Lord, that we would learn the art, or is it a science, (laughs) of persevering and being persistent in prayer. You know, when I think of persistence in prayer, and I'm going to be talking about numerous incidents in the Word where persistence in prayer took place, but... When I think of persistence in prayer, I often think of the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, a Gentile seeking deliverance from demon possession for her daughter. And what's interesting in that account is that Jesus deliberately avoided and deflected her requests. And why did he do that? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my humble opinion. I think it was to see if she would push harder, to see if she would persevere and persist in her request. You know, when quick answers don't come, 
It may be because God, in fact, wants us to dig in and go after it, to persevere in prayer, to fill up a bowl in his presence that he can pour out with the answer in due season. I was challenged recently while reading in the book of Revelation. Three times the term prayers of the saints is mentioned. In chapter 5 and verse 8 of Revelation, it says, And when he had taken it, the Lamb took the scroll from the hand of the Father there, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. In chapter 8 and verse 3, it says, Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the next verse, The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went, went up before God from the angel's hand. I'll tell you what, the prayers that matter are in those bowls. I want my prayers to be in those bowls. Another reason why quick answers don't come is that it may be a timing issue. Joseph was two years in a jail for no reason. Do you think he didn't pray every day for deliverance from that jail? You think he didn't feel abandoned or tempted to give up praying? Well, there was a timing issue. Paul was two years in a Caesarean jail for no reason. He knew his ultimate destination was Rome. Do you think he didn't pray every day for deliverance from that jail or feel abandoned or tempted to give up praying? There was a timing issue. You know, I think what we need is a transition from prayer battles to prayer campaigns. If we want real change in the church and in our region, we can't just go out of our living rooms to fight a little battle and then go back to our easy chair, figuratively speaking. We need to start or join a campaign that applies considerable prayer resources to taking enemy territory and bringing about real change. Think of a military campaign such as the American Revolutionary War or the great Civil War movements of troops or D-Day and the ensuing push into France, Napoleon's march across Russia, or even the taking of the land of Canaan by the Israelites. These campaigns were led by and fought by people who knew that this was going to take some time, and their lives were dedicated to pushing the enemy back and eradicating them from the land. Well, all truth is parallel, isn't it? And we're not going to see the move of God other nations enjoy until we look at our praying with the same mindset. A prayer campaign takes a number of qualities. And think about these definitions in relation to a prayer life. A prayer campaign takes stamina, which means strength of physical constitution, power to endure disease, fatigue, privation, etc. A prayer campaign takes discipline, 
which means training to act in accordance with rules, a drill, military discipline, an activity, exercise, or a regimen that develops or improves a skill. A prayer campaign takes strategy, which is a plan, method, or series of maneuvers or stratagems for obtaining a specific goal or result. A prayer campaign takes patience, which is the quality of being patient. <laughs> right? That's correct. And the as the bearing of provocation, annoyance, misfortune, or pain without complaint, loss of temper, irritation, or the like. Patience is an ability or willingness to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. Patience is quiet, steady perseverance, even-tempered care and diligence. A prayer campaign takes perseverance, which is steady persistence in a course of action, a purpose, a state, etc., especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. Now, when you look at the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, you can see a direct link between the amount of time people spend in prayer and the amount of power they have in prayer. You can see it in the life of Jesus, Moses, the prophets, etc. And why is this? Because a person will do anything for their closest friends and family members. You'll say, what do you mean by that? Well, let's put it in human terms. The more time we spend with someone, the closer the bond between us becomes. And we would do anything for each other. The same is true in our relationship with God. If we draw closer to Him, He draws closer to us, and His presence infuses us. Our words have more power. Our prayers have more power. The declarations we make in faith have more power. And I believe that prayer needs to be structured if it's going to happen. We need a time and a place where we meet with God. I know some of you bristle at the thought of structure because it feels like you're in a straitjacket, restricted, constrained. Well, I would suggest that you flip it around to say this. Structure gives you the freedom to make something happen as it should. There's an illustration from the corporate environment, communication. Most companies fail to make this happen appropriately. I spent 22 years in a corporate environment, so I know what I'm talking about. Employee opinion surveys confirm this all the time. I used to do a lot of all-day workshops in various companies that told me the same thing. And I feel that if it isn't structured, it won't happen. As a manager in my former corporate career, I built strong, consistent communication mechanisms, meetings, and the like, that allowed for the free flow of information back and forth between any staff and myself and between myself and other departments. Well, this can be applied to prayer, structure, and mechanisms. When you think of a structured prayer life in the Word of God, who do you think of? Well, I think of Daniel. 
Do you think he felt restricted and constrained in his prayer life? I think he felt a freedom in his prayer life because he made room in his life for it. In these three prayer times per day, he developed a relationship and a camaraderie with God that made his prayers powerful. Stuff happened when Daniel prayed. I mean, angels showed up. Prophecies were given that have some of the greatest impact on end times theology that we have anywhere in the whole Bible. And why? Because he structured his prayer life. And within that structure, he moved freely in prayer and moved the mighty hand of God. You know, we we need breakthrough. We need breakthrough in our personal lives, in our families, in our church, in our region, in our nation. We give up so much in life by not praying for it. Perseverance and persistence will make these things become a reality. Now, we're ultimately going to get to the teachings of the New Testament on prayer that matters. But first, I want to hit some highlights from the Old Testament. Here's here's a great one. Jacob wrestling with God in Genesis 32. Now, the word prayer is not used in this passage, but this was a personal encounter with God. This is an amazing passage that will radicalize your prayer life. The passage begins by saying that a man, quote-unquote, came and wrestled with Jacob until daybreak, and this wrestling match must have lasted for hours. By the end of the passage, Jacob states clearly that he had been wrestling with God. This account is unique in that I don't see anywhere else in the Word of God where this ever happened again. There are a lot of good lessons that can be drawn from this passage, but I want to zero in on just one in verses uh, verses 25 and 26 of chapter 32 of Genesis, which says, when the man, God, the angel, whatever, saw that he could not overpower him, Jacob, He touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, (laughs) I love this, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I mean, even through the pain of a wrenched socket of his hip, he would not let this man go. I will not let you go unless you bless me, he said. Now, Jacob's desperation was driven by the fact that he was scared to death of his approaching brother Esau. And can you hear yourself praying this way on certain matters? Are you willing to launch a prayer campaign that includes that saying, I will not let go unless you bless me? And do that every single day until you see the answer? Because at the root of this are two questions. How bad do you want it? And how desperate are you? 
When I got a hold of this almost 40 years ago, it brought incredible power and prayer. I can tell you stories of how God showed up in a powerful way as I prayed for people's healings and other things related to myself with that kind of resolve that says, I will not let you go unless you bless me, unless you send the answer, unless you come through right now. And go on to say to the Lord, I'm not going to stop until I see the answer. Well, unfortunately, I have to confess (laughs) that occasionally time and circumstances have made me forget about this resolve. But God has refired me. (laughs) I should be retired, but he has refired me in the last several years. And all it takes to rise up in your prayer life with this kind of resolve is to get fed up with the way things are in various arenas, and to realize that one-time prayers are not going to get the job done. You know, imagine, if you will, a soldier on patrol with his Marine buddies when they come under fire by a group of Taliban fighters. Both groups dig in behind cover, and a kid in the American soldiers' unit stands up and fires one shot at the Taliban and announces, okay, we can go now. Now, unless that bullet went through every Taliban head over there, it's silly to think that one shot is going to get the job done. You're going to have to lob a bunch of hardware over there to soften up and ultimately destroy the enemy. Well, do we have the stamina and persistence to dig in for the long haul and remind God every day that I will not let you go unless you bless me. In the book of Isaiah, there are a couple of passages that stand out to me that support what I'm talking about. The first one is in Isaiah 43, 19 to 22. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Yet you have not called upon me, O Jacob. You have not wearied yourselves for me, O Israel. You know, this implies that if we wearied ourselves for God in prayer, things would happen. What kinds of things do we wear ourselves out for in this life? The older I get, the more I think about this question. It is, is what I'm doing making a difference in the spiritual realm and in people's lives? Is it making a difference in my own life? Here's another one in Isaiah 62. And verses 6 to 7. I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest, and give him, that is the Lord, no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Did you catch that? God is inviting us to give him no rest, to wear him out with our praying until he takes decisive action. 
I'm saying that it is going to take stamina, discipline, strategy, patience, and persistence like Jacob to extend the kingdom of God in our geographical area and to see breakthrough in our personal lives. Now, I'd love to keep going here, but we're going to take a pause at this point, and we'll see you in our next episode. And until then, God bless you.